Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you for such a time as this. Thank you for your presence in our midst. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you will yet do. Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. As you continue your word, continue with us. Speak unto us. Teach us, O Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We are welcome in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read from verse 28 to verse 35. Luke 19, 28 to 35. Luke 19, 28 to 35. If you are there, shout hallelujah. And when he had not spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a court tied, whereon yet never man sat. Lose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you lose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord had need of him. Verse 32. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were losing the court, the owners thereof said unto them, why lose ye the court? And they said, the Lord had need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. And they cast their garments upon the court and they set Jesus thereon. Praise the Lord. Last week, we began looking at the topic we called the journey toward. Anybody remembers? Journey to fulfillment. Journey to fulfillment. And we looked at three things. We said, number one, we are called to be ministers. We said, number two, we are called to be stewards. And number three, we said, faithfulness is what? It's required. Faithfulness is required. And then we, we rounded it up by saying, Disobedience means to deny him. When he gave those uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, talents or coins to those servants and said, Occupy till I come. And those that said, we will not, I will not use your whatever money you have given unto me. They said what? The Bible says they did what? They hated their master. And I asked us a question last week. If I ask, if I say, how many of you here hate Jesus? Nobody will raise up his hand. At least not someone here in church. Amen? Amen. But the Bible makes us to understand that when we disobey him, we are showing that we do what? We hate him. That's why Jesus himself said it. He said, if you love me, do what? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if you don't keep his commandments, you cannot say you love him. Can you ask your neighbor, do you love him? Very important. It's a test you apply to yourself. Do I love him? Because if I don't obey him, I don't do what? I don't love him. 
In the passage that we just read, the Bible says, when he has spoken to them that parable about uh, the man who was going on a journey and gave the talents to his servants, he went before ascending unto Jerusalem. And that's where we're going to start. We're still discussing the journey to fulfillment. You'll be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. You will fulfill destiny in the name of Jesus. He, Jesus was ascending unto Jerusalem. When you continue on the journey of destiny, you ascend. Do you understand that? When you continue on what? The journey of destiny. The journey that God has connected to your hands, you do what? You ascend. You move from one level to the other. In other words, when you go on the journey that God has sent you, you do what? You ascend. But when you disobey and take on an alternative route, what do you do? You descend. That's very easy, isn't it? You obey. You are continuing on this journey of destiny. You ascend. You disobey. You descend. And we have a very good example in uh, Uncle Jonah. We know the story of Jonah, right? Jonah is the uncle of, I'm sure, all of us here. Why do I call him our uncle? I, not just brother. Because at one point in time or the other, you have done what Jonah did. Is that not so? At one point in time, you knew that this is what God is telling you to do. And you thought, uh, I really understand that that's where God wants me to go. Um, but I think... There's something God is not seeing that I see. So this alternative route will what? Will be better. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. What did Jonah do? Verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. He went what? He didn't go up. He went down. When you decide to disobey God, you begin to do what? To go. You will not go down in Jesus' name. And if you have begun to go down because of disobedience, you will amend your ways and begin to ascend today in Jesus' name. Because when you disobey, it takes you down. It takes you down. And we know in, I mean, the encounter Jonah had with everybody in the ship. You know, if Jonah had gone down alone, they would have just said, uh, I mean, like our people would say, what his eyes look for is what his eyes saw. Unfortunately, he didn't go down alone. Eventually, they threw him into the water. But by the time they threw him, all their goods, all their food stuff, everything that those traders were taking from one nation to the other to go and sell was what? Gone. Gone. Because they had a human being who was contraband in their ship. And brethren, that's very important. You see, there are many things we don't know, but we think we do. And there are many things you don't need to know if only you obey God. There are people in the same ship with you who are the cause of your downfall. They are taking you down because you have accommodated them against God's word. 
Is that not what happened to Abraham? Abraham was told, leave your father's house. Leave everyone, leave everything. The Bible says he departed and he took with him, who with him? He took lots with him. That delayed so many things in his life. For as long as Lot was with him, Abraham did not hear the voice of God. He was operating on his reserves. Brethren, when the Lord says, because one of the things, I mean, some of us, I mean, if you've been here long enough, if your children have been growing up here, you tell them some things, the next question they will ask you is what? Why? Why? This one, why? That one, why? Well, you can answer your children and tell them why if you have acclimatized well to this environment. Because many a times my children will tell me why. And what's my answer? I will say because I say so. <laughs> there comes a point in time that God gives you instruction. You ask him why. He's not obliged to tell you why. All he has said is, this is what I want you to do. And unless you do what he asks you to do, you are not going to achieve the result he has prepared for you. Because there are many things you think you know, brethren, that you don't know. And that's very important. When you go down out of disobedience, you open yourself to thieves and robbers. You do what? You open yourself to thieves and robbers. Luke chapter 10 verse 30. Luke chapter 10 verse 30. We know the story very well. Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves with stripping of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. They could have killed him, but he still enjoyed some grace. That's why they left him half dead. Brethren, at times, at times we begin to suffer some losses because of what? Disobedience. Because we have chosen to go down rather than go up. And then we open ourselves to the attack of the enemy. When the devil now comes before God and says, ah, he has done this, he has done this, he has done this, and the Lord, God is a just God. You know the meaning of that? God is a just God. That's why the devil can come before him and, and accuse and bring out some points. And the Lord sees that what the devil is saying is what? It's true. The grace of God will not depart from you. Amen. Somebody does not like that prayer. Amen. I say the grace of God will not depart from you. Amen. Remember brother Samson. Samson said, in the Bible says Samson said, when they told him the Philistines are upon you Samson, he thought that he would go out as he used to. He did not know that what? God had departed from him. I pray for you today. God will not depart from you. Amen. What qualifies you to ascend on the journey to destiny? What qualifies you to ascend? We are talking of children of God now. We all know Psalm 24, verse 3 to 5. Psalm 24, verse 3 to 5. It says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that had what? Clean hands. That's number one. Can you please ask your neighbor, are your hands clean? When I, we're asking if your hands are clean, we're not saying if you have used, what do they call that thing? We're not talking about the hand sanitizer. 
We are not talking about, uh, I mean, that thing that became popular during the COVID. That you couldn't find, that this thing they used to work. No. That's not what we are talking about. If your hands are stained with blood, no matter the type of soap you use to wash it, those hands are not clean. Can you ask your neighbor again? Are your hands clean? He that had clean hands, that's number one. That will qualify you to ascend. Number two, and what? A pure heart. A pure heart. You know, as we are seated here now, everybody beautiful, handsome, looking wonderfully. If you know what someone sitting beside you is thinking, you will relocate. <laughs> he that had what? A pure heart. Pure heart. Number three, somebody who has not lifted up his soul unto what? Vanity. The Bible says, vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. Brethren, even if you live to be 200 years old, 200 years is nothing compared to eternity. That's why the Bible says, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, and does what? And lose his soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. We are running a race to meet our Redeemer. We are running a race to eternity. The Bible says you will ascend if you have not lifted up your soul unto vanity. And we were talking about uh, how you order your finances in Sunday school this morning. Brethren, there are many things we miss when we don't attend Sunday school. Things that will profit you, that will benefit you. Talking about how you order your finances aright. The allows of debt. The, you know, like that story they told us when we were young. That that woman that went into a garden and saw different types of oranges. And they told her the orange that you should pluck is the one that is silent, quiet. It doesn't look beautiful, but it is the best. And she stepped into the garden. Oh, she kept, she made different as they, oh. Pluck me, pluck me. Like in, in original language, they say, come in, come in, come in. I, I mean, inviting you in different ways. But you know that's not the way. The Bible says, there is a way that does what? That seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof is what? Is destruction. You cannot judge the things of God by the standards of men. It's not possible. Our God is the one that knows the end from the beginning. He knows the beginning from the end. Who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity? Solomon desired everything. He got everything this, this world could offer. Wealth, gold, silver, women, everything. At the end, what did he say? Vanity upon vanity. Or how much of those things did he go to heaven with? None. None of them. None of them. Being disciplined. Like our sister was, uh, I mean, talking to us in the morning. These credit card people, they know how to invite you. You get a credit card, credit limit of 5,000. After three months, they write to you, we have increased your limit to what? 10,000. <laughs> three months and they write again, we have increased your limit to what? 15,000. And you are happy, you are celebrating. Until you realize that you pay that you paid that for 20 years. I worked in the bank before. The best business for bank is the credit card business. Now I'm talking with authority. 
I was in the department. We did, uh, we did two things, mortgage finance and credit card accounting. So who were the ones computing the uh, P&L for the bank? I worked in TD. And I'm telling you, there is no cost relatively compared to others. More, how much is mortgage? Yeah, 5%, 3%. The only good thing is that it gives an, I mean, uh, this asset over a long period of time. But credit card, <laughs> they start from 22%. The day you miss your payment, they increase it to 30%. And for you, for you to come back, you will pay 30% for two years. I'm talking from experience. So we just realize because of lack of discipline. Because we don't we do not realize that I've mentioned this here before. Brethren, do sales ever end? I want a sister to talk to me from experience. Do sales ever end? Sales never end. Tell somebody sales never end. Put that in your left hand. You go to the uh, mall, you don't, you are not, you didn't go there to buy anything. And then you say, ah! This was 5,000. It is now 1,200. It is 1,200 you don't have. When you finish paying the debt, you'll have paid 10,000. Because for the next five years, you are paying only interest. Who had not lifted up his soul to vanity? And then number four, nor do what? Nor sworn deceitfully. When you ascend, then you can receive, that's my third point, you can receive the gifts that are consequences of the ascension of Jesus. You know what the Bible says? In Psalm 68, verses 18 and 19. It says, Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received the gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also. That the Lord might dwell among them. And then verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loaded us with benefits. Even God of our salvation. In other words, if God is your salvation, if God has saved you, then he will do what? He will load you with benefits. How often? Daily. Daily. Every day. Then he will direct your footsteps. Then he will make sure you don't go astray. Do you know some of us, what God has done for us is that there is a friend that wants to lead you astray. All God has done is to prevent that man from coming across you. Are you this, I don't know, this person called. I didn't go anywhere. Why didn't I hear? Is God protecting you? It's God keeping you. The Lord will keep you. Amen. I said the Lord will keep you. Amen. He said, daily blessings from the God of his salvation. Very important. Very important. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4 verse 8 to 11, he said, wherefore he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And he did what? He gave gifts unto men. So Jesus ascended, and when he ascended, he did what? He gave gifts. So that when you ascend, you do what? You receive gifts. His ascension has released gifts into your life. But if you are going to receive the gifts he has released, you must do what? You must ascend. You must ascend. You must, you must ascend. Point number four. Your ascension is not by might 
or human effort. It is a journey of grace. It is what? It's a journey of grace. And that's why the flesh must be crucified. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. We know that passage very well. Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. He said, then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. You don't need to put your name there. Say, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Fulani or Kinshola, thou shalt become a plain. And then he said, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, what? Grace. Grace. There is abundance of grace, brethren. Amen. I said there's abundance of grace. Amen. But you need to, I mean, the, the grace is available for you to ascend. You know what Paul said? He said, I do not do what? Frustrate the grace of God. He said, I have not received the grace of God in vain. So the question is, which one are you doing? Is grace for you an excuse for sin? Is grace an excuse for sin? Or, to, or an opportunity to do that which is right? That you may ascend to receive that which he has released and is meant for you and I. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. On this journey to destiny, Jesus came across two places. In the passage that we read, Bet, how do you pronounce that place? Bet fake? Is it Bet fake? Is it Bet, uh, what's the pronunciation? Somebody help me out. Bet what? Bet fake? <laughs> or is it Bet fake? <laughs> From the, with the original language. He came across two places, Bet fake and Bethany. Whichever one you, whichever pronunciation you like, take it. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? In the passage we read in Luke chapter 19, he came across two places. The Bible says he was near Bethphage and Bethany. Now, the name Bethphage means house of unripe fruits. It means what? House of unripe fruits. It's a place that signifies a lack of completion. Amen. These are not fruits that are meant to be eaten on ripe. It's a place that signifies a lack of completion. However, if necessary steps are taken, completion is near. So it is a place of waiting. It's a place of what? Jesus waited there until they went and brought that colt on which he will ride. It's a place of waiting. What do you mean by a place of waiting? A place of waiting, brethren, is a place of renewal of strength. A place of what? It's a place your strength is renewed. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Because of our time, I'm going to read just verse 31. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, for those of us who are taking notes. But I'm going to read just verse 31. He said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
are not faith. It's a place of waiting. And when you wait, you renew your strength. You renew your strength. Number two, the place of waiting is a place of encounters with God. A place of what? In other words, it's a place of divine encounter. Divine encounter. The Bible says, wait on the Lord. Trust in him. And he shall bring it to pass. What are you holding on to the Lord for? Or what are you believing God for? What's the devil telling you that, ah, it's too late, it cannot happen, oh, no, why don't you take this shortcut? What is that thing that the devil is saying, ah, look, I mean, all this while you have been doing it the right way, why don't you try and do it how? The wrong, he won't even tell you that it is a, a little bit right. He will say, do it the wrong way, because you've waited long for the right way, and it has not, it has not come to pass. The place of waiting is a place of encounter with God. When you have an encounter with God, then you know that your waiting is over. Tell somebody your waiting is over. He says, say ye to the children of Israel, tell them that what? Your warfare is accomplished. The battle is over. The battle is won. Victory is yours. A place of divine encounter. We know the story of Jacob, right? He was afraid of his brother Esau. He sent his wives, his children with some gifts ahead. And he stayed back. And the Bible says he was alone. And there he wrestled with God. He had an encounter with God. There, his name was changed from Jacob to what? Israel. If Jacob forgot every other thing, he will not forget that encounter. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 16 to verse 18. Exodus 24, 16 to 18. The Bible says, The glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. The cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up onto the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. It's a place of encounters with God. A place of waiting, number three, is a place of revelation. A place of what? A place of revelation. And brethren, for you to live life successfully, you need revelation. True or false? Many of us, because we cannot sustain the level of Christian life that will afford us to receive revelation, we start looking for prophets that will deceive us everywhere. People that will tell us lies. People that just, what they are interested in is what they can obtain from you. If only you can press into the throne of grace and receive that revelation yourself. Tell somebody, wait on the Lord for revelation. You don't need to be an Elijah to receive revelation from God. Is that not so? Every one of us at our level of faith, 
if we are faithful to God, God will give us what? Revelations. He will reveal himself unto us. He will tell us what is next. Many of us say we have dreams. When we have dreams, we know that this dream is, is, what, is doing what? Is telling us something. That's a revelation. Many of us, God wants us to get to that place where you read the scriptures. And the Bible will minister unto you. Where the Bible is not your sleeping tablet. You know many of us, we pick our Bible and we want to sleep and the sleep is not coming. Is that not so? You want to sleep and sleep does not come, pick your Bible. By the time you finish reading Genesis chapter 1, you are snoring. If they don't take that Bible away, you will tear that page number 1. When the Bible is no longer your sleeping trap tablet, when you can read and the word of God comes alive to you, a place of revelation. And you know that's what God wants? The Bible says in the cool of the day, God will come to brother Adam and they will be fellowshipping, they will be discussing. And did you see that antelope? Let me tell you why I made the antelope the way I made it. That was God. He still desires it. Do you realize that? He still desires it. But the Bible says men ought always to do what? Pray. To pray and not to faint. The reason we are not hearing from God is our spiritual laziness. Do you want to ascend so that you can receive what that which is given unto you? There is a time you need to wait on God, wait for God, ask him that question. He will answer you. He will speak to you if he's your father. Because that caveat is there. There's a song we, we used to sing in those days. God is my father. Jesus is my savior. And the blessed Holy Spirit is my friend. The devil no relation for I'm a new creation. I'm a member of the family of the Lord. Are you a member of the family of the Lord? If you are, then God is your father. Then Jesus is your brother. Then the Holy Spirit is your friend. Then you can clearly say that I have no relationship with who? With the devil. Because you are what? A new creature. A new creation. You are that brother or that sister that God wants to say, ah, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's my friend. And the Lord will not find you wanting in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll continue next Sunday. We're still discussing the journey toward fulfillment. There are four points I have on that waiting, but I, the next one is going to take some time. If I go into it now, I will rush it. Let's bow down our heads. Are you here today, or maybe you are watching online, you've not given your life to Jesus? Are you going up, or you are going down? You are going down if you are living in disobedience. You are descending if you are living contrary to divine injunction. Or are you ascending? Can the Lord still look at you and say, that's my son, that's my daughter. That song says, 
The devil is no relation of mine. He cannot be your relation only if you are born again. Are you in the house today? You are not born again. This is the time for you to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. This is the time for you to tell him to write your name in the book of life. If you are in here, you are not born again. You want to raise up your hands, we are going to pray together. If you are watching online, you are not born again, we are going to pray together. You just say, would we just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. Come into my life. Write my name in the book of life. Let your blood avail for me. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me whole. Tell the devil and say, Satan, every relationship between us, I terminate today. I cut off. I'm not for you. I'm for Jesus. Tell him, tell Jesus to write your name indelibly in the book of life. Prepare on a journey for eternity. Ascending on a daily basis and never descending. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. On this journey to fulfillment, Father, we will not falter. Amen. We will not fail. Amen. We will not be found wanting. Amen. Every one of your plans and purpose for our lives will be perfected in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every plan of the enemy, Father, will reject in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the counsel of God alone shall stand and is taught to all generations. I decree this afternoon, Father, that your counsel for us as individuals will stand in the name of Jesus. Your counsel for us as families will stand in the name of Jesus. Your counsel for us as a church will stand in the name of Jesus. Your counsel on this journey will stand concerning every one of us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. Be glorified and be magnified. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.